Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Bookly Podcast. This week's episode is one of the bonus chapters I mentioned that we are going to be doing, and this week's episode is called Charting Our Characters. So what we're actually going to do is we're going to dive into the star signs of our characters a little bit. So I want to welcome everybody to our first mini episode. Uh, these mini episodes are typically going to be a little shorter and are going to be about random things. So they're going to be a little lighter and sillier than the normal episodes. They are not going to cover one text specifically. They are going to cover um, the entire Throne of Glass series, the entire Sarah J. Mass universe. They are going to be, oh, everybody say hi to Rasputin. He's the most shy kitty, so say hi. And he's apparently not camera shy, but people shy. So anyways, they are not going to be contained to one book series whatsoever. They're going to be um, about anything SJM related is free game. Um, and they may, spill in, they may also spill into books that I'm reading right now. So like, for example, um, a couple weeks ago, I did my most anticipated books of 2024. Little listicle that I did that I posted on my Lemonade and on Instagram. And one of the books on there was Bride by Allie Hazelwood. And I finished reading that two days ago. And I may do a review on it. I may not. I'm not sure. I will definitely post a review on Lemonade and on Instagram, which is where I typically post those anyway. But I may not do it in long format just because there wasn't a lot to say other than like a general like five star rating system. It was just... It was kind of unoriginal and it, I was a little disappointed by Ali Hazelwood considering I love her books. But overall, I gave it like someone commented on my post that I was currently reading it and I told her like, hey, I don't want to dissuade you. I don't want to not encourage you to read the book. My personal opinion, though, I gave it like a two and a half out of five. It was super enjoyable. I finished it in like eight hours total. Like it's not a long read, you can breeze right through it, but it was just, it was just not for me. That being said, I just ordered, um, I ordered Bride, that was the first one I ordered, and I also ordered Fourth Wing, uh, which is part of the Empyrean series by Rebecca Yaros. I know, I'm so late to this train, I haven't read it, but I have read nothing but Sarah J Mass since 2020 since like middle of 2023 so i'm just getting into all of these now i apologize to everybody who's read it i know i'm super late on this train i'm going to be starting it tonight after i finish recording this episode of the podcast uh so i'll let you know what you guys think about that and like i said i post all my currently readings on um i try to keep my goodreads updated i post them on lemony and i post them on my instagram like i do the little cover and i say you know currently reading and whatever so today we're going to be looking at some of our favorite SJM characters' star signs and seeing if they fit into their astrological signs. So I'm using two sources for this. I'm using the Sarah J. Mass Wiki. So each book series I found out has its own like Wikipedia where people have compiled all of the information on all the characters, the books, the plot, anything you can think of relating to that book has been put into the wiki. So I use like the Throne of Glass Wiki, the Akatar Wiki, and the Crescent City Wiki to find some of the hi buddy to find some of the information on the characters. I also did some Reddit articles, but not too much. Um, and I shouldn't say articles, like I went into like our Akatar or whatever. And I used astrology.com to look up the characters' star signs. So without further ado, 
we are going to start with my favorite Bat Boy and my personal favorite male character in the SJM series. We're going to start with Mr. Resand himself. He was born on November 20th. We are not given an exact year, but we know he's at least 500 years old. So Reese being born in November means he's a Scorpio. That explains so much of the psychotic behavior, honestly. Just right off the bat, he's a Scorpio. Explains it. But I'm going to cast aside my judgment of Scorpios. I'm sorry if any of you listening are Scorpios. I'm just a Leo. And Scorpios have never been my vibe. So I apologize for that. Don't don't come at me in the comments. Don't start shit with me. Sorry. Also, geez, like the light. I really got to get my roots redone. Wow. Okay. Anyways. So according to astrology.com, Scorpios are... Scorpio is the ace sign of the, of the zodiac, and that shouldn't be taken lightly, nor should Scorpios. Those born under this sign are dead serious in their mission to learn about others. There's no fluff or chatter for Scorpios either. These folks will zero in on the essential questions, gleaning the secrets that lie within. The Scorpio zodiac sign concerns itself with beginnings and endings and is unafraid of either. They also travel in a world that is black and white and has little use for gray. The curiosity of Scorpios is immeasurable, which may be why they are such adept investigators. The folks with the Scorpio horoscope sign love to probe and know how to get to the bottom of things. The fact that they have a keen sense of intuition certainly helps. So my personal takeaways from this, it sounds pretty on the nose for Reese. I think Reese is really good at zeroing in when he wants to, obviously, and he obsessively takes care in learning everything he can about Feyre and about others and situations. Like, I will give it to him, despite how he handled Feyre's pregnancy, he did a really good job at, you know, researching and asking for help to research well, how, about Feyre's pregnancy and how, you know, had there ever been an Illyrian baby born to a non-Illyrian mother and how you can survive and he reached out to Helion and access to the to the to the libraries and tried to find everything he could on it that being said him keeping the information to himself is so not okay I don't really believe that Reese is black and white though he is the definition of gray he wants to be black and white really badly and he appears black and white to like the court of nightmares in some people. And in the hewn city, you know, he's either I love you or I hate you. And if I hate you, I'm just going to punish you. And there's no in between. He puts on I think he puts on that persona to the outside world. But the Reese that we see and we get to know is very much shades of gray. Unless you're dealing, again, unless you're dealing with him from, like, Nessa's perspective, he's not very, he's very black and white to Nessa. He, in fact, more black. He just, he openly does not like Nessa. He trusts her, however, because he's indebted to her. Um, but he would wish that that problem would go away. That being said, with his inner circle and with Feyre, he is definitely shades of gray. I mean, I can understand why he kept the pregnancy from Feyre. However, knowing your mate's going to die and knowing that the pregnancy is going to kill her, not to mention the fact that they made a pact in A Court of Frost and Starlight, you know, to not die without each other and then not tell anybody that this is happening. It's a great plan. Great plan. Definitely 50 Shades of Grey right there.
just that's recent for you. That being said, we know that Scorpios are batshit crazy. Again, I said don't come for me with this. And well, Reese is kind of batshit. He's also part bat, so I guess that fits. However, Scorpios are associated traditionally with Mars and Pluto, therefore endings and beginnings. This fits with Reese since he's the High Lord of the Night Court and the Court of Nightmares. His power is akin to death in his shadows and whatever other powers he may possess. His beast form is black and dragon-like, and he has, as I mentioned, powers over shadows. His court is associated with the night and the rest of Prithian, it, and to the rest of Prithian, it is a place of nightmares, torture, and death. We know the exact opposite to be true in reality. Obviously, we know Valaris to be a progressive city, a city that cares for art and music and commerce and is very modern, but we know that he's kept it secret from the rest of the world to keep it safe. Reese himself, in my eyes, is a kind of Pluto-like character in which he supposedly is assumed to be the ruler of a court that is horrific, much like Pluto is the Roman god of the underworld, and everybody assumes the underworld to be really bad, really horrible. If we change it to Greek mythologies and, we, and Pluto then becomes Hades, we know that in the story of Persephone, Persephone didn't want to go to the underworld because she thought it would be horrible she didn't want to rule over it she thought hades was a monster and that she was going to a place full of monsters it's also important to note that part of reese's court is literally below ground the hewn city is literally under a mountain and we know that amarantha made her court under the mountain after the hewn city which is another little link between the underworld and pluto and reese and the night court Reese is also said to be the most powerful High Lord, and we know that Pluto was one of the most powerful Roman gods, despite being bested by his brother Jupiter, or again in Greek mythology, in Greek mythology, Zeus. A compromise, as a compromise, Pluto or Hades was given the underworld to rule over, and Zeus would rule over Mount Olympus and the rest of the earth, and that was seen as kind of a compromise because they were equal realms. One lived, one ruled the living realm one ruled an entirely separate whole realm because there were still civilizations and people, if you read into Greek mythology, the underworld is like a really built out place, just like the overworld or the real world would be. Um, so it was kind of a compromise between brothers in that case. Again, according to astrology.com, Scorpio men can be seen as the bad guys. And boy, does this fit Reese. We spend the entire two books thinking, well, okay, I should say, you know, Akatar and then part of Miss and Fury thinking he is just the worst. He is the bad guy. We have people telling us that he's the bad guy. Um, Favorite doesn't immediately want to associate with him despite them being mates. Not that she knows it, not that she's crossed that bridge yet, but you know, she she's being told that he's a bad person, that he does horrible things to people, and she's being given this persona that shows him not being the best. Because of this image and reputation Reese has built with the High Fae and the other High Lords. Scorpio men are born rebels, and well, Reese sure does like to rebel. He rebels against Amarantha, he rebels against, you know, the whole thing that's going on under the mountain, and basically the King of Hybern and the whole Fae ideals. He wants to see, 
he breaks with traditions from the other High Lords first and foremost in the most obvious sense. He made his wife High Lady and there aren't supposed to be High Ladies. That being said, he also wants to, he agrees with, um, oh, what's his name from the Summer Court? I forget. Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay, I have my laptop here. Hold on. High Lord of the Summer Court. Tarquin. There we go. That's his name. Tarquin. He also agrees and forms a bond with Tarquin in that he agrees that lesser fairies and the high fae shouldn't be separated, the society should be united, and that there's no reason why lesser fae's, lesser fairies should be treated differently than the high fae. So, <laughs> he doesn't want to see Prithian ruled by monarchies and old traditions, even when Amran in Frost and, not Frost and Starlight in Silver Flames brings up the idea of a high king. He is not keen, keen on the idea of being high king. He doesn't even want to think about that. He's, you know, it's already bad enough in his head that he's high lord. And we can kind of see that he really doesn't like doing his high lord duties. Like, when does he find time to do the high lord duties? Because a lot of time we just see him kind of like, hanging out with the bat boys or you know hanging out with Feyre all the time like I'm I'm like do you just give all your work to like Amryn is Amryn actually running the night court very well could be honestly she's way more effective at getting shit done than he is so all that being said I'd say Reese does fit the mold when it comes to his star sign definitely he's definitely a Scorpio and it breaks my heart because I don't think we would get along and I really want to, I really want to get along with Reese. I would, if, if I had to pick anywhere to live in the Akatar universe, obviously I would want to live in the night court. Uh, where else am I supposed to go? I don't like the sun and I don't like summer. I love fall, but, um, Baron and his, uh, little brood over there don't exactly sound enticing. Winter sounds nice, but I don't know enough about, like, Callius and Vivian to make that assumption. And then, again, the same thing with the day in the dawn court. Sound pretty, but just send me to the night court. We're good. Next up is my girl, the person I wish to be, the woman, the myth, the legend, Aileen Ashriver Galanthinius. And she should only have her full title son. Again, according to the wiki, Aileen was born on May 3rd, making her a Taurus. Another reason I love her, my grandmother's us her also a Taurus and she is one of the best people I know and Tauruses and Leos really get along. Well I know Tauruses uh, to be stubborn pragmatic people as their constellation the bull suggests, Tauruses also have another side to them that truly enjoys excess. According to astrology.com, ruler of the second house Taurus is all about reward. Unlike the Aries love of the game, the typical Taurus personality loves the rewards of the game. Think physical pleasures and material goods for those born under this sign. Revel in delicious excess. This zodiac sign is also tactile, enjoying a tender, even sensual touch. Taurus zodiac signs adore comfort and being surrounded by pleasing, soothing things. Along these lines, they also favor a good meal and a fine wine. The good life in all its guises, whether it's the arts or art of their own making, yes, these folk these folks are artistic as well, is heaven on earth to the Taurus born. So, who do we know that loves all the nicer things in life, namely 
clothes, chocolates, books, and shoes. Other than me, of course. Yes. Mrs. Aileen Ashriver Galanthinius herself. I forget which book it is in specifically. I think it's Empire of Storms. But Aileen and her gang is in the middle of war preparations. And they're boarding on this boat. I think they're heading back from Skulls Bay and they're trying to make it to um tear back to terrorism but then they get diverted i think i could be completely wrong in fact someone pointed out if i am um but they're anyways they're getting on this boat and after the captain himself gives aileen and rowan his room she thinks to herself as she's entering the room it would have to be it would have to do given the current situation and accommodations she's thinking to herself in the middle of all of this they're going to war Ah, uh, I guess it's good enough. It could be nicer. I wish it was nicer. I wish I had all my fine things that I left back at home. I love this queen. A damn war is on the horizon and it doesn't stop her from packing. Oh yeah, it does not stop her from packing nice night clothes. Like she legitimately, again, they're in war preparations, but this woman packed a really nice nightgown and wears a suit of gold into battle. Of course, I know that that was given to her and whatever, but still, this woman wears a suit made- a suit of armor made of gold into war. Love you, queen. Don't stop. As a Leo myself, I love Tauruses. They just enabled- they're enablers for me to do my own crazy stuff and live in the lap of luxury with me. So yeah, Leos and Tauruses, definitely a dangerous combo. We will definitely enable each other, and I will be the doer and they will follow along. However, Aileen is also incredibly gifted and loves the arts, another typical trait for Tauruses and Faye themselves. Aileen loves a good theater performance, dancing, and playing instruments. In Crown of Midnight, she even enjoys the stories of one of the chefs at the camp in Wendelin that he tells every night. Tauruses' ruling planet is Venus, and well, doesn't that just make perfect sense given their love of, of all the sensual aspects in life? Taurus women are said to be the embodiment of the, god the goddess Venus. They live life to the fullest and enjoy all the good things life has to offer while also having a deep respect for nature. The goddess's mantra was said to be, all acts of love and pleasure are my rituals. Their body is a temple to them. And this runs really true for Aileen in a lot of ways. Aileen takes great care of herself. One of her biggest routines is elaborate and long baths but almost everything she does stems from a selfless place of love for those around her aileen despite being scarred from the hard life that she's had she literally takes her scarred body to be the embodiment of her courage her story and her promises it's a temple to her so that when she is so when she's tortured by mave and the scars are removed it makes sense that this rattles her so much because essentially her temple and her story has been destroyed Taurus is also a fixed sign, which means that you will find traits such as determination, self-reliance, and perseverance in women born under the sign of the bull. These women are powerful forces to be reckoned with. When they set their mind to something, you can bet that it'll happen. Well, this is about as true as it gets for Aileen. The girl has plans from A to Z that she does not share with anybody at all, at all times, and she doesn't need any help getting them done, as, you know, she will show. And no matter what she will, 
And no matter what, she will find a way to be successful, even if that means sacrificing herself, which most of the time it does. Because guess what? Even though you have plans A to Z, sometimes you just can't do it alone. In fact, in Empire Storm, she puts everything on the line to ensure that her friends are successful. And because we are not there, and I did not say that this is a spoiler-filled episode, I'm going to leave it just at that. Um, I think Aileen really does embody a Taurus. I actually, actually, I don't think SJM did any of this accidentally. I think she thought about when she was making characters of hers born. I think she fully said, like, okay, if I'm going to make Aileen a Taurus, I gotta make her a Taurus. Next is our little artist. And like, is it really a thing that the internet thinks Feyre is a horrible artist? I mean, I can't imagine that the entire Night Court would be bullshitting her and telling her, oh, you're doing great, sweetie. Yeah, keep going. Yay. I mean, Reason would totally bullshit her and tell her, yeah, this is amazing. I'm so proud of you. But I can't imagine that like Amryn nesta the entirety of the rest of the inner circle asriel cassian i can't imagine that they would let her decorate this entire house with um really bad art and not say anything at that point or let her paint their cabin that they have in the mountains and if it was horrible i'm sure recent would be like hey you know this is great but um i think i think we should keep this place a little cleaned up and sacred since we all share it so I can't, she can't be that bad of an artist. Anyways, Feyre's next, our, night, our High Lady of the Night Court. Feyre is known to be born on the winter solstice, which is actually December 21st and makes her a Sagittarius. The last of the fire signs and often the most forgotten because, well, since Eo and Le Aries and Leo are the other two, it's a little bit of a crowded room. Everybody kind of forgets Sagittarius. This is like the end of the year and during holidays, like, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just a bad person. Sagittariuses are known for being true seekers and wanderers of the world. They want to know the meaning of life. Now, considering Feyre is literally taken across the wall and into the Fey lands of Prithian, I would say she's a pretty decent wanderer. But not all who wander are lost. It's only when Feyre crosses the line into the Fey lands that she begins to really feel like herself, finds herself, and eventually becomes her truest self by becoming High Fey. Kind of against her will, but it's fine. Also, despite being illiterate, Feyre is incredibly astute, and once she learns to read, is voracious in learning new things and helping in any way that she can. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, the most powerful planet of all, just not as powerful as the sun, which rules Leo. Just keep that in mind, Sagittarius. Don't get too big for your britches. Sagittarius are extremely fortunate and successful when they follow their passions and their values. Pharaoh followed her heart and her value to care for people when she went under the mountain as a human to try to save the High Lord that she loved, which was Tamlin at the time. So, I can't roll my eyes any harder, but we don't like tampon. But good on you, Feyre, for having a moral compass. You know, good on you. Once Feyre goes down this path, it only gets better for her once she starts following what she truly believes is the best and investing in herself and mainly falling in love with herself first and then Reese. 
Reese teaches her to love herself. Let's not get that confused. He invests in like her learning to read, her taking the time to paint again, all of this stuff before she falls in love with him. Sagittarius women are free spirits and Feyre sure lives up with lives up to that with her love of painting and eventually opening up an art studio in the rainbow of Valaris. These beauties are always looking for a new adventure and always looking for the next big thing. And good thing being High Lady of the Night Court provides a lot of excitement and adventure for this fiery Sagittarius. Honestly, she would probably have her hands full enough just dealing with Reeson and Cassian and Asriel. So we're going to do a little bit of a bonus and we're going to do the mates and their, and their compatibility. So because SJM loves a happy ending, of course, everyone ends up with a mate and a lifelong partner. So I thought it would be fun to see how compatible some of them are. And first up, our favorite and Reese. As we mentioned, Feyre is a Sagittarius and Reese is a Scorpio. According to astrology.com, I use like the little compatibility feature. If a Scorpio and a Sagittarius want to make a love match, they should be warned to slow down take their time getting to know one another on a deep, significant level, or else they run the risk of getting way ahead of themselves. Well, I love Feyre and Reese together, but let's be honest, these two did not get to know each other for very long before jumping off the deep end and finding out they are mates, getting married, and then Reese declaring her High Lady of the Night Court. Then to boot, as I mentioned previously, after Reese died briefly at the end of Rings and Ruin, he and Feyre make a pact in A Court of Frost and Starlight that if one of them should die, the other will die too. Oh, and any children they have may also die. It's brilliant. So let's wipe out the entire line of succession to the Night Court in one fell swoop. Really well thought out, guys. Really well thought out. This is, totally nor this is a totally normal and healthy start to a relationship, not to mention that the entire time they've been together, they've basically been at war with another country, and when the war is finally over, the first thing that happens is they get pregnant and have a kid. All of this takes place in, like, two years. From Feyre getting into Prithian, becoming a high fae, meeting Reeson, falling in love with Reeson, finding out Reese is her mate, them defeating Hybern, putting the cauldron back together. And then like Nessa's whole story is another year, but Feyre and Reese's story is literally like maybe two years. I'm giving this one red flags at best, and I'm not sure what the process is to get divorced if you're High Lord and Lady of the Night Court, but I guess the, cal the cauldron doesn't check people's horoscopes before shipping them off together as mates because this is giving major red flags to me. Next up is Aileen who, as we mentioned, was a Taurus, and Rowan, who's a Cancer. No wonder he's such a moody little flying bitch. He's a Cancer. But what do you know? These two are basically meant to be together. Since they are so close to each other in the Zodiac sign, specifically two houses apart, this is basically the best case scenario when it comes to compatibility and the Zodiac. Cancers are emotionally nurturing and supportive, not when you first meet her, Rowan, and you decide to just beat the shit out of her. And she beats a bit the shit out of him back. Like, don't, don't you fear, Aileen gets right back at him. And that's what basically makes him fall in love. While Sagittarius is... While Cancers are emotionally nurturing and supportive, Taurus is physically nurturing and showers their partner with physical gifts. Sorry, typo in my notes. Aileen married him and gave him half her kingdom. 
what a power move. He also took her last name. Just saying. This is proof Roelin is the best SJM couple. They truly are meant to be together. Green flags all around. Next is Nesta, who is a Taurus. I had to do a lot of digging for that one. And Cassian, his birthday isn't stated other than in the middle of winter. Since winter starts on Favor's birthday, the winter solstice, then he would be an Aquarius, which falls right in the middle of winter. Look, I got myself an, Amer an Aquarius man. My husband's an Aquarius and these little assholes are rebels. They always got to do things differently. They can't follow a plan if their life depended on it. However, if these two can put aside their differences, apparently it's a really strong pairing. Taurus is stubborn and Aquarius is progressive and thinks creatively. The two can succeed if they can talk about what they're going to do, which is exactly why Cassian is the only one that can take the stick out of Nesta's ass and make her actually want to do something with herself. Lastly, we have Bryce and Hunt. Another one that was really hard to find since the time in their world is measured differently than the other worlds. But after watching a few TikTok videos, I found Hunt to be a Pisces and Bryce to be an Aquarius. Again, these moody emotional signs, but also a strong match, even though Aquarius overpowers Pisces and a lot of Cases or will judge them if they don't go along with their plans, which Bryce essentially does mercilessly to Hunt. Other than that, they're good at solving problems together. And well, that's basically the entire plot to Crescent City. They solve problems together and they're good at it and they fall in love. All right, guys, this was a ton of fun. Stay tuned for next week for a very, very special uh, bonus episode of the Book League podcast in which I get my husband and his best friend to try and guess about the names and about the Sarah J Mass characters with having no context. It's going to be an unedited video. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I'm really excited to do this simply because they they know I like the books and my husband knows of the characters, but he hasn't seen any pictures and I don't really talk to him about it that much. So I just want to see what happens when I put two boys together that have no context of what's going on and let them try to guess. They may also be tipsy. We shall see. Also, starting next week, um, after next week, I mean, we will be starting Throne of Glass. So there's going to be two bonus episodes, this one and the next one. And the week after that, we will be starting Throne of Glass. So if you haven't started reading, reminder, we are reading until chapter 10 or page 77 in the paperback. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and share. It means the world to me if you do. And please subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me on social media at The Bookly Podcast on Instagram and YouTube and at Nat Hope Harrington on TikTok. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye.